going on, guys? We got uh, welcome back here for another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Pod. Uh, today I got the man Sarge with me. He's back, longtime vet. Sarge, how we doing, bro? Good. Get my coffee ready to work. Yeah, I was gonna say I got, I got, <laughs> I didn't have enough time. I actually woke up a little bit later than I wanted to, but I prepped last night. I, I had to drink the rest of a bang from yesterday, bro. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, did you say you've never had one? I've never had a bang. No, my, my mom has this like little curing thing and she's out of town. So I told her I'd watch my, her house for her. So I'm over here and, and it pumps out coffee in like two seconds. So I wow. Press the button and it came out in two minutes. You love it. Just big chilling at your mom's. How, who are you hanging out with in the desert? And like, um, it's my, it's my buddy's birthday. Um, so we're going to all go out there. All the new poor guys, but. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, it was. We were struggling for a while, man. I remember we were doing podcasts like three, four months ago, just literally wanting to pull our eyes out, like nothing to do. Uh, it's a little different now. We got we got the most exciting part of the NBA season. We got NFL right around the corner. I hope everyone's fantasy drafts went well. Brutal, dude. I'm tired of the ninth and tenth pick. It you can't really get the squad you want if you're picking nine or ten. And I had nine and ten in two of my drafts. My two drafts, I had so my first one. I had twelve, which I hated in the twelve team. Yeah, I hated it. I hate I went, that. I went CH and then Austin Eckler back to back, which is fine. I got CH a little later because the draft was like two and a half weeks ago, so the hype was a little down. But still, I hated 12-13, but then I had three in my other draft and got Saquon, and it just pans out so much better. Dude, I know. once, Because I, I had six in the other draft, and if you can get one of those big running backs, like those top six or seven running backs, you're kind of set. But you have to then take, like, Sanders or Mixon, like I had to, and then and then you pick one other, and then you have to wait another 20 picks. It's just brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. I actually, last night, I, I, I texted my buddy Kale and I was like, hey, I want to do one more league because um, I'm only in two. I want to be in three. Yeah, you do. And, and he's like, all right, let's do it. And we made a, a league where we have three QBs, three running backs, four wide receivers, two tight ends, and three flex spots. No money on it, though, right? And no, we put 50 bucks on it. Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. Dude, it's, it's insane. I'm projected 260 points. First That's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to talk hoops today. Um, it's it's always just weird for me figuring out a day to record these because usually I do it on like Monday or Tuesday, but a lot of times you know we have these games where and even in in this this is being recorded uh, Thursday morning. Lakers Rockets play tonight. By the time this is out, I mean this will be out a little bit before Rockets Lakers, but there's a chance a lot of you guys are listening to this Friday Saturday whenever and, and that game's decided. So uh, we're going to talk about every single series. Uh, we're going to talk about obviously the Heat and Bucks. We're going to talk about the Raptors Celtics which was just if you missed that game last night I don't know what you were doing that was probably I mean just off the top of my head that's got to be a top five playoff game I've watched I mean that was absolutely insane and then um I I can't wait to talk about Rockets Lakers obviously Sarge is a huge Lakers fan I think there's just so many different interesting storylines um that are are there to, to be talked about and then we can we could talk a little bit about Nuggets Clippers probably my least um the, the series I'm least interested in, but there's still some some interesting stuff going on there. Obviously, MPJ had the comments, and then 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Daniel House too. But appreciate you all being here. We're gonna run through it. This is this is crunch time in the NBA, um, and I'm excited to get after it. You ready, Sergi? Yep. All right, let's do it. All right, we are back, and I think it makes most sense right now to lead off with the Raptors-Celtics. Um, just had a huge game six last night, forced a game seven. These are two teams we've talked about uh, for a really long time. Obviously, you've been higher on the Celtics. I've been higher on the Raptors. Um, a couple just crazy stats about last night. Eight of the ten starters last night that played, played 48-plus minutes. That's the first time that's happened in NBA postseason history. Uh, both teams combined for 35 points in the second overtime. That's tied for third most in an overtime in postseason. Uh, Brown, Tatum, and Smart are the first trio of teammates to have 20 points, 10 rebounds plus in the same game uh, since Bird, McHale, and Robert Parrish. Lowry, 33 points, now has three 30-point games in one facing elimination most in franchise history. Kemba scored the least amount of points playing the most amount of minutes in a playoff game. Uh, I think he's the first person to ever score five points um, while playing 50-plus minutes. And uh, here we go. Game seven. I think this is something, again, we've talked about both these teams exclusively uh, during COVID. I love this Raptors. And I think you've seen, wow, the Celtics are just so much more talented scoring the basketball. But the Raptors have taken ball, taken care of the ball a lot better. And you've seen that kind of be the Celtics Achilles heel. They have not taken care of the ball. Um, and, and this is why I love Lowry, bro. Like you can tell the, the Raptors can't score. Like they don't have the offensive talent of the Celtics, but here they are. They find themselves in the game seven. They've defended their, their ass off. They've played. Pascal can't score. Like no one can hit shots. And here they are in a game seven with probably the the most talented offensive team in the league right now. Uh, how are you feeling about game seven? What are your thoughts on the series? Like, well, just walk me through everything that's going on for you right now. Those, those are some great stats to start that off. I love those. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but game six was just, uh, at some point I, I remember thinking to myself, like late in the third quarter, I'm like, oh, this is over. The Celtics have taken like, I think like a 12 point lead and Jalen Brown was just going to work and getting everything he wanted. Dude, yeah. I was like, damn, this game is over. Like, I just don't think the Raptors have the score and you come back in this one. And credit to Nick Nurse, he, he brought in Norman Powell. Norman Powell played unbelievable. Yeah. Like, as far as making shots, because Marcus Soule, when he's been on the floor, he's just been awful. Dude, for 11 to start this COVID game. stole he him and Ma- Millsap. Them. Yeah. He kept flying them up, and I'm like, why are you taking Start of the second them? half, he actually got it going. Yeah, and he, he, he knocked down his first three of the series, and then he started kind of feeling himself. He, he knocked one out from the baseline. And then yeah. One the Ended up with eight points, and, like, all of them were in that, like, that short stint in the start of the third. And it, he's just been a matchup problem, though, because they were just throwing him in pick and rolls, and then he would get on Tatum or... or Kemba. Kemba or... Or Jalen Brown, and he would just get absolutely exposed. So Nick Nurse bringing in Norman Powell, I think, was huge. And Norman Powell actually finally started making some shots and playing well. We saw Nick Nurse try to get to him earlier in the series, and he just wasn't knocking down shots, and he was and, not playing great defense. And he's a good defender, too. And he finally set up knockdown shots and played some great defense. Yeah, I, I've a couple things. And that's a, that's been huge because, yeah, you've seen Nick Nurse – 
play Matt Thomas minutes, who's not really equipped right now to play these minutes just because he needs shooting. So that was huge for Powell to finally show up. I would say he is like the worst defender on the Raptors, but he's still solid. Obviously, he plays enough minutes, and, and he usually when he is messing up, it's like a mental area instead of he has every physical tool to be a, a good defender anyway he had 10 points in the second ot that's the most points in an overtime period also in in raptors history he was massive for them and they're going to need him moving forward um if they're going to win this series but i this is what i mean with kyle lowry and it was dope to see just the respect from from the nba guys on twitter uh 33 8 and 6 6 of 10 from three 52 minutes in a closeout game. There's certain guys that even if they're not as talented, I think I had them seventh in my my point guards, and it'd be interesting. I want to redo them actually after the end of the season um, with these playoffs. But the guy, despite not being the most talented, like there's a, a guy's just way more talented, just as a winner, and I, I, he's been so him, him and and Ibaka have been so big for the Raps. And I'm, I'm just – I really think they have a shot. I really think – Kyle Lowry has proved so much to me. I thought last year, like, kind of was a fluke. I thought he just, you know, got a little more opportunity just because of Kawhi Leonard giving, you know, causing so much attention toward him and opening up the floor a little bit for him to go to work. But, dude, he's been awesome. That shot he hit over Jalen Brown when he did the, the little spin move. The spin. Was, yeah. Mean, that was and, and, and Pascal, you've seen it. Like, you were – you and I would never set, felt like – Okay, Pascal could be this elite go, but I did feel like it, he would be enough with the rest that the rest of the offense that the Raptors have. It's clear Kyle kind of has to be that guy right now, at least this year. Uh, but it's weird because the Raps have definitely groomed Pascal to be this this ISO score for them in the playoffs. And it, outside, it's not like he's just missing shots, right? Like, it'd be one thing if, you know, Tatum hasn't particularly shot the ball well this series, but I know what Tatum's giving me. Pascal just doesn't look comfortable even creating shots for himself, you know? Like, he's – he. there's certain guys where they get the ball, even if they miss, even if it doesn't work out, you can kind of see the defense breaking at the seams to try and defend that player to – and the great players can get – good looks pascal can't even really create a good look and again he's young he just started playing basketball but it's just if this is who the raptors are grooming to be this iso score i i think they got to take maybe a step back and again the defense and togetherness and and i love o, og is another guy who i just love i think he's so underrated as a defender but even as an offensive player he's taking strides and i i love this raptors team i i love this celtics team but I, I think the reason why I love this Raptors team is because they just show, like, end of the day, you talent is one thing, but if there's a certain way to play to win basketball games, and, and the Raptors just embody that. And, and the Celtics don't really play a bench. Like, if you look at some of their bench moves, like, they played five minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, right. and then Wanamaker plays, like, 18. So they're legitimately just... It's their studs. The yeah. They're going with their studs. And, and it's, like, who can complement whichever studs on the floor uh the best and and stevens has done a good job with that like i i i feel like even though those guys don't play a ton the guys that generally do play at least help complement i'm trying to think if there's any been if there's been any minutes that have just been 
super glaringly bad outside of Ennis Cantor earlier in the series. Which well, Grant Williams, Grant Williams has been good. I thought he rebounds the ball well. I think he defends well. Yeah. He knocks down, he knocks down wide open gets, threes. He, he, he gets wide open looks. Same with Sammy Ojale. They both knock right. down open looks. But I think for me, when you're looking at the Raptors, like Pascal Siakam just has totally lost respect for the for the Celtics defense, and I think that's kind of why I, I have Boston in Game Seven. I'm, I've been higher on. Boston. Boston has lost. Okay, I see. You know, I, just lost, like they're they've lost respect for Pascal. They're letting him shoot the three ball. Like they're Would, taking a step off. They're allowing him to shoot. He's missing every single one. And when he does get the ball inside, he's t- taking the ball, backing down, doing these terrible like little post fadeaways or like. That's what I mean. Shots. Like even the shots he's taking, they don't look comfortable. They don't look like he's all right. Gotten to a spot. It's kind of like he's just like, oh, all right. Like I'm supposed to be the guy. Like. Uh, I'll take this shot. Huh? Van Fleet's been horrible, too. If if you told me that the Raptors um, got this to seven, I would tell you it's because Fred Van Fleet was knocking down his shots, hitting threes, getting to... Uh, He got going yesterday. Let me... me He was was three for 13 from three, seven for 23 from the field. He just... He didn't play very well and wasn't really knocking down a ton of shots. I thought he was fine, but... I did not think he he could be fine, and the Raptors would do what they. It's just been the Kyle Lowry show. Kyle Lowry so show, efficient yeah. and so good, and I, they're calling like when he's getting, dribbling the ball into the paint and getting to like the elbow, they're doubling him, and he's passing to OG, and OG's knocking it down. Yeah. Sergio Baca has been huge from three two, and on defense, he blocked like four shots in that first quarter, and he came in at like the four minute. Dude, I know defense. with and was in a walking boot yesterday, dude. Toronto, okay, Siakam in this series. Has made four three pointers. Guess how many he's attempted? Twenty six. Uh, thirty two. Oh my! He Yikes. took he took I, my math could be you know math's not my strong suit. He took three zero oh for three in game one. Uh. Oh, one for four in game two, one for four in game three, two for thirteen in game four, zero oh for two in game five, zero oh for five in game six. Got the win. <laughs> was a plus one in thirty-seven minutes, or was a plus seven in that game that he went two for thirteen. I agree, though. He's not. He's not the guy on offense. But I, I just think this is a team that even Van Vliet, who I think it, you see, he plays with so much heart and tenacity. I, I do love him as a player. He's just undersized and not super strong or super quick. So it's it's I, tough. I love him as a player. Well, I, I, I yeah, like I mean, if he goes to the right situation next year, he could potentially be an all star if he goes to the East. If he goes to the East on a shitty team that yes. really allows him to features him, but like he's just it's hard for a guy that's undersized like that and can't shoot at elite, can't really you know he's just small. But he doesn't really create his own shot very well either. Like he doesn't have like a really nice pullback shot or like a you know like a Harden type or Curry type shot. Like, he yeah. just, he, he's not like that. Yeah, there's very few people that are. But I I agree. He you don't. I I don't know. I still feel. But even even Bron can create his own dang shot from three. You know, I've done like. Bron can, it's Bron. Yeah, I mean Bron can launch it from thirty five, and no one's gonna say anything. And he's actually like. Weirdly enough, he's like added the long three to his bag. Well, and, he's, and he's done it efficiently too. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like LeBron's not known as a shooter. Yeah. He, he can get a shot, but 
Van Fleet's a nice playmaker, and he's good. And I thought if, if they had a shot, it was going to be because of him. And he hasn't played efficiently as well yeah. as I thought. But no one on the Raps besides Ibaka and Lowry, even Lowry's had some tough games too, has shot it that well. That's the thing. It's the the Celtics have turned the ball over a lot to keep the Raptors in it, and the Raptors haven't shot it well. Like, I can't think of a game besides yesterday at certain stretches where they shot it well, um, but they haven't turned it over, and here they are. And so you're taking the Celtics. I'm going to actually – I'm very curious to see what the line is now. I would assume the Celtics are small favorites. Um, I just think in a game seven, that that favors the Raptors. I, I Obviously – Actually, Tatum and Brown have been in Game 7s. Okay, Celtics two-and-a-half point favorites tomorrow, which is what I assume you would about have it as. Yeah, I would have it probably right around. I'd say anywhere between one-and-a-half and and two-and-a-half is a fair number. Yeah, I'd say maybe one-and-a-half for Celtics. I just think Game 7, that Kemba's never been in the playoff. And Kemba's played – people will talk about five five points in 52 minutes. I saw it last year. This is why – this is why when people start going crazy with Dame and and I love Dame, I think Dame's easily the second best point guard in the league. Like Steph Curry got boxing one last year. Like these are just defenses that when you start to kill, like this is not this is the highest level of basketball now. Like you, a team like the Raptors is going to throw really really weird like different looks at you. And Kemba got that last night, and people are going to point to the five points and he didn't shoot it well, but like. Early on in that game, it was interesting because they were going to that box and one on Kemba and at times Tatum. And it was honestly creating some decent looks for the Celtics. But I, I don't think we'll see the box and one on Kemba again. But it's just interesting to see Nurse, and I've talked about it all year. They have like 10 different defenses. And it's you can't really do that unless everyone's bought in. And it's it's just it's crazy. They've had to manufacture it is not easy to stop this Celtics offense. And the Celtics offense has not gone off yet. Um, I just think the Raps deserve credit for that. And I think I would have it like a 51-49. Like, I, th- I think the Celtics slight I – th- I just I, – give me a 50-50 game. I really think the game seven favors the Raps. Having them all have been there, they, they – I don't know. I just – I. The Celtics defense is really not that far off from the Raptors. Um, they're both just they're both just so well coached defensively, and they don't really make a ton of mistakes on defense. Like, and they don't have anyone that doesn't play defense. You know what I mean? Like everyone, yeah. Tatum at times sometimes will kind of lose his way, but everyone locks in and plays yeah. defense. No, I would say if anything, Kemba's probably the worst defender, but he still tries and plays very hard. He's just limited size wise. And the, the one thing with Kemba too yesterday in, in that game was. He gets a lot of his points in the pick and roll when he gets a big man switch on him, and then he can just expose him. And with Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka not on the floor at the end of that game, he just he, he would get OG switching on him or yeah, switching on that's him, a great he just point. Get the same opportunities that he usually does because he's a guy that you know if a big man gets on him, he gets in the paint, gets an and one, or he can pull that little step back on a big man easily. But when Norm or like OG were on him, he just wasn't getting that space to get a shot. Yeah, no, I agree. And OG is such a God damn dog on defense. 7-2 wingspan. 7-2 wingspan. I would love OG, bro. The last thing about this before we move on. I loved, and I think you've seen it too. This is why you see all the good good signs from the Celtics, good vibes. Uh, Tatum taking responsibility for the turnover um, and the push-off uh, the other day. And Jalen took responsibility, which obviously he should, for that OG3. 
Um, it's a team that is just showing signs of Celtics. This is not just some young, dumb team. Uh, these guys are super well coached. They're super smart, well put together guys. Um, the Celtics team is going to be a problem. I, either way, I think Raptors Heat um, or Celtics Heat. That's going to be a hell of a Eastern Conference Finals, um, despite not having Bucks. But honestly, the Celtics, uh, you can at least for sure say this. No, I think all three: the Celtics, Raptors, and Heat all deserve it over the Bucks. It's it's a bummer not to have the Bucks because of how good they were, and and you know the the potential matchup with uh, either the Lakers Clippers, but the Heat and uh, Celtics and Raptors are all playing better than that right now, and I think that's still going to be a great Eastern Conference Finals, too. I, I was way wrong on the Bucks, my God. Dude, I, I, it's hard. No one really could see it coming. No one thought that one. It, we've seen it now, though, dude. The, like You are about as good as your biggest weakness, and if you have certain weaknesses like – Teams in the NBA and the playoffs are just going to go at it, go at it, go at it, go at it until you fix it. And Bud just, Bud just never has really shown, uh, like has never really seemed like he's wanted to change up who he is that much and make these big adjustments. And I don't know, man. Uh, the whole not playing your guys forty, like you, you're seeing Lowry yesterday play fifty two minutes. Giannis was barely sniffing thirty four. Down. Dude, I saw I, I saw a meme yesterday. I should have sent it to you. I forget what I think it was on Twitter. And it was like Raptors. If this was Milwaukee versus Raptors game six, double overtime, Giannis minutes thirty six or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. It's and 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 as hilarious as that is, it's it's somewhat true. Like the even if they had those, like there were just clear weaknesses, and and I think that's the thing with Giannis. You know, I make these jokes, he's a warrior, but like I think Giannis has to look at this and like this isn't just yes, part partly it's coaching, partly it's you know, supporting cast, but a lot of it too is Giannis. Like he wasn't making free throws, he wasn't making threes, and we talked about it. Like that was gonna be a huge thing. If he wasn't gonna be able to do that, there was just it was gonna be tough for him to win. And and he says yet people what he was so close to being crowned. I guess we can kind of transition to the heat. Bucks, and then we can move Western Conference after the break. But he was about to get crowned. Like he, he, all he had to do was maybe not even win it, but get to the finals, have a good showing, and he was about to get crowned as kind of that next best guy after LeBron because of how good his regular seasons were. And it just shows you can you you have to be careful when, with crowning these guys. You can't. He's just not there yet. He's not at the Kawhi, LeBron. Uh, who else is there? KD, Steph, and I think maybe you could – I think Harden has to win it, win it too, before you can put him there. But he's not there yet, and uh, he's very, very damn good, but he has holes that come to light in the playoffs that he has to figure out because he wasn't, like, making – even when he was scoring, you see everyone, all those other stars, they make others better. They create better shots for others as they're going. And he – I mean, he does that here and there, but – I don't know. We, we we talked about it too. Like Middleton's a great scorer, but around him, like other than that, like Bledsoe played just horrible. Like I, Bledsoe played next level bad. Like Dude. he was just he looked awful. He's turning the ball over left and right. He couldn't make a shot. He was just jacking terrible threes. I was just looking. I was, I was sitting there like, what is he? He looks like he just like they randomly just dropped him onto the court and just said, all right, just throw up some shots and. That's the thing, and we're gonna talk about that with Russ. 
I mean, I, I feel like having COVID and being out for four months, like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, Bledsoe has never been able to shoot. And, and he's had some tough performances in the playoffs before, so maybe that would have happened anyways. Um, it's just tough. And we'll talk more with Russ. I, I, it was clear he had no rhythm. And basketball is such a rhythm sport. Like, you know this. When you, you have that rhythm, the basket looks huge. And when you don't, the basket looks tiny. And, and Bledsoe never got it going. And they needed him if they were going to beat this Heat team, which just Dude, that Heat team, I, I had that one tweet. But they, like, if you watch that end of that Bucks game in game five, or sorry, game, yeah, game five, that Heat team is like on crack. Like, the ball will, uh, there was this one possession where it was just a scramble. Like, the ball was just bouncing everywhere. It bounced, the, the Bucks had the ball on offense. It bounced back into the other side of half court. The Bucks ran it down. They were, Tyler Hero like sprinted all the way down, like was part of like trying to get the ball. And then when the Bucks finally had it back, Hero sprints back down. Like everyone can is in the best shape I've ever seen. Like it is insane watching the energy and intensity that that, that team played with down the stretch on defense. And then that's not even taking the fact that Goran Dragic looked like he like took a potion over COVID. He's 34 and is playing the best basketball of his life. Jimmy Butler's the definition of a winner. He's like Kyle Lowry, but just at the shooting guard position in terms of just, I just want to win. That's all. I'm not really that good in, offensively. But I, it's crazy. This Heat team is so locked in, and I, I just haven't seen a team. like They're like, it's like they're in the military with how like strict and in shape they are. They're, they're just freaks, and they're all locked in. They're just psychos. What I think is so big for them and, and what they predicate their offenses around is – those guys, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and just completely running them around in the half court 24-7. Not necessarily to the extent that Steph and Clay do, but those dudes are constantly running around, coming off screens. It just it, it breaks your it, defense. It, it bends it. It kills the defense. And, and you and me know, when you're playing defense and you have to run constantly off of, like, a, you're guarding a dude that runs off three screens in a row, you're done. You don't want to yeah. play defense anymore. If you get hit, in, if you go on shoulder to shoulder with three dudes in a row, and then you get back kicked, and then it's just brutal, especially with a guy like Duncan Robinson. Like, that's just, it. it's not impossible to guard, but it's so frustrating to guard. Like, dude, it's, cra- it, it's crazy watching those two dudes. I remember I was watching them when they, when, what was it, game two, when it was super close, they ran a play at the top of the at the top of the three-point line. And they ran Tyler mm-hmm. Hero and, and Duncan Robinson running a cross screen from each other. And they had Duncan Robinson throwing it into Jimmy Butler out of bounds. And both of them were wide open. It's just it's Dude, impossible. The Bucks, the Bucks def- uh, that's the thing. I've actually gone back and watched these. The Heat put, have so many actions that just force you to make really, really tough decisions. And again, the Bucks. All year, their identity has been don't switch, get over it, force these, let them take these threes. We aren't giving anything at the rim. We don't need to switch because, th- and that's the interesting thing because in the bubble, it's shown ki- shooting has killed you. And what's the best way to stop shooting right now is to switch everything and and not give them a chance to use that screen to get a little bit of space. Just switch it, and it's tougher to shoot. And and the the heat showed like if you can't deal with that, if you you're going to struggle. And can we talk about Tyler Hero? I mean, we already have, but that dude has absolutely zero fear. And you can tell he has worked his absolute 
ass off. Like, there's just no way you can hate on that guy. Like, that guy is taking huge shots, like massive shots. And props to the Heat for even putting him in this position. But, like, the guy's 19 playing 30 minutes a game, closing it out, playing great, hard-fought defense, and taking huge, tough shots. Like, I love this kid. I absolutely love Tyler here. I, I, I was so wrong. And when he was coming into the we NBA, were both. I, we were I, I both. I like that pick. I, I don't think he's strong enough to make it in the NBA, and I, and I was wrong. But if you look at the Heat team, I, I just see a bunch of dudes with a chip on his shoulder. You got every Jimmy single who came, who came from nothing, who's always been counted out. You got Bam, who's been counted out, got taken late lottery when that yeah. dude has been a stud his whole life. You got Duncan Robinson, who's he was playing basketball. He is me and you. He's playing club basketball, basically. You got Goran Dragic, who didn't even start this whole year. And Tyler Hero. He's got, a, he's got a 15-foot thing on his knee, Goran Dragic, and he's still crossing people up. Dude. And then you got Tyler Hero, Kelly Olin. I mean, Tyler Hero has the biggest chip on his shoulder. Did you hear his story, bro? So they were talking about it. I'm sure you might have heard it, but I'll, I'll bring it up for the for the people, the listeners, I don't know. So Tyler Hero is a Wisconsin kid. Uh, very early on, he I mean, this guy is just special. This is different. He knew he wanted to be in the NBA. He was going to grind for it. Gets an offer from Wisconsin, which is huge. He was a huge Wisconsin kid. Takes it. Uh, just kept grinding, kept getting better. And eventually, he gets an offer from Calipari in UK. He's like, shit, like, my dream is the NBA. Like, uh, this guy produces the most NBA guys. I got to go to him. Like, this is my future. Goes there, gets death threats from from people at Wisconsin. Like, these are the people he grew up with. They teepee his house. Like, they're just fucking with him. His family's getting death threats. He's like, fuck, you hate me now? You're going to hate me even more. Grinds. People have told him his whole life. People like us. They He gets picked late lotto. We're like, too small. That guy has the ultimate chip on his shoulder. And, and he's just a, the epitome of hard work. I, I love that guy. I remember when he went to Kentucky, I, I thought it too. I remember uh, this dude's probably going to be like a sixth, seventh man. Probably won't get a ton of shots. There's too many guys there. Like, and we saw it there. Like, he's so aggressive when he's on the court. He does not give a There's shit. There's no he fear. Takes. He's gonna, he's gonna take a shot. He's gonna get to his spot. There's. I remember in this, even in this series, just going back to the series, he was taking some shot, like that baseline runner he had. Do you remember that where he threw up kind of a, mm-hmm. a high floater, floater and just dropped it? I was like, dude, that is just a ballsy shot to take, dude. Like, and that's the thing. He has the complete trust and backing of that coaching staff and team like they all know this kid is special he's 19 years old and he does not give a shit he does not care he's really does not care and they're riding like for jimmy to just take him under his wing like i just think the sky's the limit with how hard that guy works and it would be so easy for any other person with that body even even with the skills he has to just be a a role player in this NBA, and, and this guy could be a legit All Star, like which I would have thought was crazy to say a couple couple months ago. Even you can you can tell how big of an impact Jimmy Butler has on him too, just because like when he came in, he was probably still a little bit timid. But you know, Jimmy Butler's like, "Yo, kid, you're getting your shot. Take your shot. Yeah, like we're doing this with you." And you could just see it, like when he was mic'd up in that first game, you could or in the first series, Jimmy Butler just kept going up to him and like, "Hey, mom." Hey, I tell mom back in Wisconsin, I say hi. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just fucking with them. Like, they're just, like, have such a good relationship. They have, and, like, whenever, it's big, bro. It's, yeah. That, you know, when you have a relationship like that on the court, just from, like, playing basketball and, like, having those sorts of relationships. Comfortable. Like, you're so confident. You're so 
so yeah. comfortable. Like it just allows you it to makes your game. all you the don't world have to worry about anything else. It makes all the world of difference. And we go back. We got to take a quick break in a sec. But this is just shows. This is way off topic. But the media is so such bullshit. Just never trust anything the media says unless it's very very clear and obvious. Because the media literally let you let Jimmy Butler get painted as a bad teammate. If you were if you were an NBA fan and you were just listening to the media, you would think Jimmy Butler's a bad teammate. No, the guy just wants to win harder than anyone else, and he deserves to be with a group of people that are psychos like him. And he now is in that situation. You have a bunch of psychos who are not really the most talented team. Probably, if you were just going pure talent in the playoffs, they'd probably be like seven or eight. This team is the hottest team right now. And I could easily see him beating the Celtics or or the Raptors with, with the way they're playing right now. Um, and it, like you said, just chip on the shoulder, just wanting to win more than anything else. Not caring who gets the credit, and uh, that they've lost one game in the playoffs. Can I get one more thing off on Jimmy Butler for you? Yeah, yeah, we got a minute, twenty seconds. Okay, just real quick, he got like he legitimately got ran out of Philly by the media and by Brett Brown and by those guys, and I think Spolstra is just the perfect no bullshit coach for him. Like him and Spolstra have the same mindset; like they don't give a shit who scores. It doesn't need to go to Embiid every time. It doesn't need to be no. Ben Simmons. Yeah, they just they don't give a flying f about who scores, who's doing it. They just want to win basketball, and that's how it should be. Hard nosed defense, and that's how it should be. And when, when he left Philadelphia, everyone's like, "Oh, he doesn't have the right mindset. He's a complainer." But he's not a complainer. He was no. a bunch of dudes that didn't have the same mindset as him, and, and it's simply just a winning mindset. And those guys <laughs> don't have it. And you saw it this year when they got blown out of the first round. You said it so simply, but it's so true. He had a winning mindset which was a little too much for philly to handle and now philly's home in the first after the first round granted yes ben simmons on now um and jimmy's in the eastern conference finals with a less talented and their coach is gone yeah and so you're right spo is literally the perfect coach for jimmy they they kind of are the same person in terms of how they're viewing everything okay quick break we're gonna move to the western conference uh because there's still just so much to talk about We are back. We're headed over to the Western Conference. I think – no, I know I want to start with Lakers-Rockets. I will say, right, guys – real, real, real quick. Yeah. Before we go to the Western Conference, I just – what do you think the solution is for the Bucks? Because I feel like we, we went off on, on the heat. We didn't just get yeah. the on the bike. What do you think they do? Like, do they try to acquire Chris Paul? Like, just before we move on, like, what do you think the solution is for, yeah. for the Bucks? Yeah, that's a great question because it's – it's funny, I think a lot of people would think about this Bucks team and call it a pretty young team, but outside of Giannis and DiVincenzo and uh, maybe Middleton, like, Brooke, Brooke is not getting any younger, George Hill's not getting any younger, honestly, Bledsoe's getting a little bit up there, obviously, Corver, Marvin Williams. I don't know. I, I, I think Chris Paul would be interesting, but then again, I think you also do have to look, and you were one of the best regular season teams of all time. I think... I think you just need to get a little bit more shooting around Giannis. You understand that, okay, we may might need to learn how to switch, honestly, because when they tried, because Miami was tearing them apart, they're like, all right, let's try and switch a little bit. And they were just do, sometimes switching, sometimes switching, and when they shouldn't have, it was just kind of weird. I don't know what I don't know how they get Chris Paul. Like I think you probably have to deal. I know that contract is tough, but like 
I don't even know if financially that works without. I think they'd have to move Middleton. Um, Bloods, I think they have to move Bloods. Bloods, oh yeah. Got a pretty dumb contract, but I think. Chris Paul would add a super interesting aspect as far as leadership, playoff experience, shot making, crunch time. Oh, yes, he'd be huge for them. I think that adds an interesting aspect, but I don't realistically think that can happen. And so when I look at it from that standpoint, I just don't know what they can do. That's I, what I I'm think, saying. I think Giannis leaving is almost inevitable. Really? Okay, so what I've seen from – yeah, I, I just went to the trade machine, and I, I don't really see – I've been trying. I, I don't really see any Chris Paul trade working because Bledsoe is making not even half of what Paul is. Anyways, I I think they have to take the approach. I don't really know, unless there's some beautiful trade out there that allows you shooting and gets rid of Bledsoe for you. I, I don't really know what you can do, but – I think you just have to say, all right, we got to get better. Every single person in this organization has to get better because we were so close yet so far. This was a really, really weird season. Bledsoe had Corona for the first part. We we come into this bubble and this Heat team was just playing the best basketball they've played all year. Um, we're still a very good team. We just as a whole have to get better. I think they'd probably in terms of personnel, you want to find someone who can shoot it a little bit better than Bledsoe. I just don't really know what his trade value is you know like there's none there can't be any no no one's gonna want him i, I yeah. mean i know he can, he can play defense i thought the second team all defense was a, a little bit more towards like the, the team Bucks defense as a team yeah um but I, I don't think there's much they can do how i see it going just to close it out is i see Giannis staying his contract's over after next year i think Similar, because if you look at the rest of the East, you got the Heat, they got a bunch of young guys, Sam, Tyler, Hero, Duncan, all those guys are going to get better. They're going to make steps. They're going to make, they're going to get this playoff experience. Yeah. They're going to get the grind in the offseason. They're going to get better. You look at a team like the Celtics, a bunch of young studs, they're going to get better. They got tons of playoff experience this year. I mean, you look at everyone around them. Sixers, gonna Sixers are going to be that. Sixers are going to be, uh, who knows, but. <laughs> Worst case, they have Simmons and Embiid, though. You know, yeah. like, they're getting – they're still young. Bucks, I don't know how much better they can really get. I think Giannis is pretty much peaked out, like, unless he somehow finds a shot, which I don't really see. They're pretty peaked out. I just – I see them going out in the second round maybe again next year, and then if it's bad again like this, I just see Giannis leaving. And Isn't that crazy, though, bro? Like, we were sitting here on this pod about – a month ago, and they were your pick, you know, 100%. and it was a bad series of the Heat. But I also think Giannis. Okay, he's if he, if you're trying to spin it, it's okay, Giannis is 24. Like the Warriors, you think about it. The Warriors, they before they burst on the scene, they they had a tough L to the Spurs in the second round. They had a tough L to the Clippers in the first round. So. You know, like Giannis has kind of expedited it because he's been an MVP younger than anyone else. But they're still – the playoffs are a different beast, and we've known this. Um, I think you could spin it like, okay, let's let's run it back. Let's grow. Let's get better. Let's, you know, let's have a season where we actually get home court advantage. Um, and let's see what can happen if we're a year better. But, but there are clear weaknesses and holes that, again, you're really only as good as your biggest weakness in the playoffs. And, and the Bucks 
you, I mean, you saw that they lost in five. Obviously, Giannis was out for some of it, but I also yeah, think and, and, and start, stars leave now too. It, it's not the old NBA where you try to stay and grind it yeah. out. Like, other than Lillard, if you lose, you're gonna leave. Yeah, that's the only thing. Giannis seems everything I've listened and read seems like he's a very loyal guy who takes responsibility. And I mean, I think he he definitely could have played better. Um, so I, I'm sure he does too. Again, I, I don't think he asked for a trade this offseason. But it's interesting. Even if he wants to play this out, if the Bucks are like, can you commit to us in the Supermax? And he says, no, but I want to be here this year. I wonder if the Bucks look to trade him. I think you, you probably have to. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move to the West. Again, a little bit weird. This is Thursday morning. Lakers and Rockets. Very rare tip at 4, 4 4.30 today. Um, so chances are that game will probably ended. I... Coming into this pick, the Rockets and or the Lakers in seven, I'm sticking by that. I know things aren't looking too good, but for me, it boils down to this. I'll keep it simple, and then you can take over and, and really give me all the thoughts that you have. I think right now, Bron, it's it's Bron and AD versus the world. Um, I think the Rockets in general. It might sound crazy. I think the Rockets in general get have gotten better looks. Um, I think Braun and AD are just the, the two best players right now on the floor, but like, I just get tired watching them score. Like it has to be tiring. I, I really think with, with the, the Rockets ability to switch everything, the Lakers, I, they've scored, but it just, it doesn't look easy. Like, I just don't know if the Lakers that they probably still win, but I think it's going to be tough for AD to continue to just take these these longer fadeaway mid-rangers, which he can make on PJ. LeBron's killing it from three. I just think if regression sets in, which it can, and AD doesn't make quite as many mid-range jumpers, LeBron's three isn't falling quite as well, I really think the Rockets can push this to seven. I I, I just get the vibe that Harden, and he's still, towards the end of games, hasn't been the best. But I just get the feel that he he's getting others so much more involved. Eric Gordon is so much more involved. Um, Covington, you know, guys like that, they, they feel more empowered. And I think the X factor just is rust because you have this weird dynamic where when Harden's initiating the offense, I feel like generally he's going to get a, a look at the rim or Covington, Tucker, uh, maybe not House anymore, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Jeff Green are going to get a good look. But when Russ is on the floor, the Lakers really play a defense where it's like, okay, we do not care, Russ. You can take whatever shot you want outside of the paint. And it really fucks things up for the Rockets. Like, I don't think – and to Dan Tony's credit, I think you have to back your players. Dan Tony's just been like, all right, he's got to play through it. He hasn't been good, but he's, it's Russell Westbrook. But I don't think Dan Tony would have minded if in game two he picked up his sixth foul. It's just this weird thing where you have a star who does a lot of things well and was playing really well post-COVID or pre-COVID now being thrown in and he's kind of messing up what you have offensively. Like I would damn near rather have house in at the end of the game than, than Russ right now. If Russ, I mean, he played okay last game, he played good last game, but I mean, you, you just can't feel like with any confidence at all that he's going to shoot the ball consistently, which really makes it tough to win. He played well. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. He kind of did play. Last, last, last game. He only took four threes on two for four. That's fine. Shot like 50% from the field. I don't know exactly what it was, but like we, uh, I was, I'm watching this game with all my, I've been watching all these games with my friends and 
we just we celebrate when Russell Westbrook comes in, and we whenever he has a ball, we just yell at the screen for him to shoot it because yeah, I would do the same thing. He's so inconsistent, and he does not care. He, he'll just he'll shoot. He loves shooting. He'll Dude, he's consistently bad. Like honestly, like. he loves pulling up from three, pulling up in the mid range. And I sent you this this stat the other day, but he shoots seventy five percent of the Rockets' mid range shots. Yeah, they, they were talking about it. I wonder how that Maury and Russ conversation went. Because you know Russ was like, I take mid-range shots. Like, I do. <laughs> like, and Maury's like... tell Russell Westbrook he can or he'll take more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably would. So, yeah, that that's crazy. But it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's funny because... Uh, this is another question. Me and my friend were talking about it. How much of this micro ball, small ball do you think is Maury? And how much of it do you think is D'Antoni? I think it's mostly Maury, but but D'Antoni kind of puts the basketball, like makes basketball sense of it. But I remember when Harden was taking mid-range shots. Like he was a good mid-range shooter for a while. He doesn't even take them anymore. But D'Antoni's never been, before he got to the Rockets, technically a small ball coach. Right. He's been a running gun. Yeah. Jack Reese type of guy. Like when he was in Phoenix, all that. I think Maury's kind of got him onto this small ball. I don't think he necessarily disagrees with that. I just think he's given the pieces that he, like, he just takes what he gets. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is what he has. He's just going to run with it and do whatever. I don't think he really yeah. necessarily wants to do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But he doesn't hit, like, he agrees that this is kind of the best way to play. But I also and, think, go ahead, go ahead. The, the, the Lakers have, you saw it. At the start of the second half, they just sat JaVel, me- JaVel McGee and started Morris. And <clears throat> Morris isn't a great player, and he's really not a huge different maker, but just the ability to switch and space the floor has been huge for Braun. And also, R- Rajon Rondo coming into the games and playing with Braun, just taking <laughs> that, that small, you know, ball handling leadership role off of Braun for a small portion of when they're both on the court, I think it really, really helps Braun off Braun out more than it, it than people think. Dude, I agree. And I, because like I said, it is Braun and A D versus the world right now. And so when Ron and, and not only has Rondo just been able to take some of the load off, what has gotten into him? I would have been on the same side of let him shoot. Same thing with Russ. But he's burying them. It's unbelievable. It, it just it, that, that's hard work. That's all that is. That's it ha- no, it, it 100% is hard work. But that guy hasn't made been a consistent three-point shooter his whole career, and now he's coming in, and he's been the three-point shooter the Lakers have needed. Where, where, Same with Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo's never been a three-point that's shooter. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's banging threes, too. And the question now, I guess, is is can they consistently keep hitting those threes? But when you look at the rest of the, of, of the Lakers roster, like – just from this last game, like no one else was shooting around. Morris 0 for 4, Kuzma 0 for 2 for 3, Caldwell Pope 2 for 6, Danny Green 0 for 3. Like, that's what I'm saying. Shoot crazy good from 3, and they still were dominant in that second half. Right. And that's my thing. Like, that's another reason why I've kind of felt pretty good about the Rockets is like, generally, a rule of thumb if Braun's your best shooter, like, that's not going to be a great lineup. Like, you want to get shooters with Braun, and Braun is the best shooter in, in really all these lineups, um, depending on how you, you want to look at it. What do you think the Rockets shot from three in that last game? Because I was surprised to see this. Uh, 31? They shot 40% from 
three. Which they have been shooting it well, but Rondo, it's okay. Let's. I agree. If, if Rondo can get on the court and just take a little bit of that pressure off LeBron James where he doesn't have to take the ball off the court and play make every single time, it's just it's huge for not only his shot making, but just like his ability to get back and actually want to play defense. And and you see it sometimes when LeBron gets frustrated, he'll stand under the under his own basket and complain to the ref or not run back on defense. And with Rondo on the court, he doesn't have to have yeah. that weight on his shoulder. He's, he's able to just do what Bron does best. So who are you? Okay, we're sitting here two one. Obviously, game four is tonight. I think the Rockets. I, I think it, I, you would assume this would be their biggest game to date. I think the Rockets. Maybe I, I'm going to say they get it done tonight. Where? How are you feeling about the series? Where are you? Where are you seeing this finish? I I like Lakers in in five. Okay. I think they're going. I think they're going to win the next two games. Um, and the reason is, I think if they win tonight, it's just a play for the Rockets, and I, I don't necessarily think they're going to give up. But I think it's just yeah. You've been in the bubble for a while. I agree. I I think that, that, and that's why I have the Rockets winning tonight. I think it is a must-win game from they lose this, and I think they probably lose Game Five as well. And I've seen the path there. Like they, I haven't hated their defense. Braun and AD have just been amazing. And I haven't hated the looks. And they've made the threes, too. House being out hurts. It just really comes down to Russell Westbrook. How You know what? Even if he's taking the threes, if he takes four threes, sure, fine. It's, it's when he's dribbling, putting his head down, can he not turn it over every other possession? Like, I'm tired of him realizing. Like, he knows he's not 100%. I understand, fair or not. That he's coming back from, I, I know he's coming back from COVID and, and and a quad injury. I know it's not necessarily fair to ask him to be a hundred percent, but be aware that you're not a hundred percent. And I'm tired of seeing him try and break down the defense, realize he's not actually getting anywhere, kicking the ball out when it's already a terrible angle, and it's not, and or or he just loses the ball. I can't have those turnovers, but I really feel other than that. Eric Gordon is hooping right now. James Harden is getting others involved. I I really wish we had a house. I would have liked to have a house. But I, I, PJ is playing super well. I think the Rockets have a shot. I just well, – I'm, I'm not saying the Rockets don't have a shot. I think they yeah. have a legit shot. And I think it's all predicated on – I don't even think it's that – I don't think Russell Westbrook has that big of an impact. We saw in game two, Russell Westbrook played – absolutely horrendous and they were still in that game and last game Russell Westbrook played as good as Russell Westbrook can play he only had three turnovers shot 50% from three over 50% from the field that's the best you're going to get for Russell Westbrook three turnovers the, um, the Lakers just made big time shots exactly and that's what I'm saying if, if the, it's, it's all about those surrounding pieces if Jeff Green can come in and get hot if Eric Gordon cannot shoot two for ten from the field or whatever he did last time. If Eric Gordon can put up like 25 points, that's huge for the Rockets because the Lakers are sending doubles on Harden every time. Harden comes in, they, he's catching like, they're doing these dribble handoffs to him and they're immediately collapsing, doubling him. When he steps into half court, they're doubling him, not letting him get anything off. So, 
if those other guys, especially Eric Gordon, can get hot, I think they have a shot. But I don't really necessarily see it as a Harden Westbrook type thing. I think they're going to do their thing every game. They're gonna have their twenty-five Dude, to thirty-five. I don't know if Harden, is. if if Russ has eight, six to eight turnovers, more missed shots than made shots, and takes six threes. I really don't feel good. I don't either, but I don't think it has that. We, dude, literally when the Lakers won on in Game Two, Russell Westbrook played like absolute garbage, and they still had a shot. That's what I'm saying, though. I think if he doesn't play like absolute garbage, that's an a very big. They were the Rockets have been up in the late in the third in every single game, right? Yeah. And I, and I feel like Russ has played like. What would you give Russ a grade? A, a, a to F so far in this season. C. He's been fine. If if he's a B plus, they win one either game two or three in my mind. Yeah, but how long are you getting B plus Russell Westbrook? Like. That's what I'm saying. I need that. I need that. I don't know. I can't get C Russ fair or not with COVID and quad. I the the offense. Okay, let's see in the playoffs so far. That's, that's that's what's so sad about this Rockets team is teams are just completely taking Harden out of the game that he can't even have an impact anymore, and he doesn't have a choice. When you get doubled like that, you have to give the ball up. It just it. It's sad to watch for Harden. I feel so bad for him watching the games. He has no choice. He gets doubled no, every time he has that, to give up. I'm not. I don't feel because Steph has faced that, and I think Harden's reached that level. Now he's got to unlock the rest from that and learn. This is this is his time to learn how to play off ball. I, I dis- but I disagree with that because, dude, Steph Curry has dudes around him that are just so incredibly efficient. You look at Clay Thompson and, and just the other guys around him that are just. He's got so much else, and he's not getting just doubles, right, when he comes to the half court. Yes, he is, and I know you can't tell me that. I've watched him get doubled at half court year after year. The, the Raptors run a box and one against him, and I'm not going to say that the Warriors have equal talent around him, but I'm telling James, this is where he – if he learns how to play off ball, this is where he can take that next step, honestly. What is he supposed to do, though? What do you mean? No, he's making the right plays. I'm just saying, like, this this is – he can't just – what he does is when they double him, he passes it and chills at half court. Yes. Okay, I will agree with that. He does. That is one thing. He That's does. what he does. He passes the ball and he sits. He doesn't – there's no movement. You're right. When Steph gets doubled, he runs off screens. He's running baseline. Exactly. He's crazy shit. And I, I think Harden could do that. Yes, he can. And I don't And I don't think D'Antoni holds him accountable. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like – if he had a coach like I'm not, I mean, obviously I can say Spolstra, that's not gonna happen. But Spolstra <laughs> would be on his ass and say, "Dude, you're running off screens." Like it would make their team so much so better. much harder up, to guard. It would open up so much more for him as well as a player. Like because you're it's right, it, it's so frustrating to watch. You're right, exactly, because because he doesn't have the talent. So when he's passing it off, even if it is now four on three, it's. The, the Lakers will live with that. But, dude, real quick before we move on. Russ, on the court in the playoffs, the Rockets have scored 105 points per 100 possessions. With him off the court, they've scored 115 points. Uh, when him on the court, the uh, the uh, opposing team has scored 107 points per 100 possessions. With him on the court, they've scored uh, 106. So, okay, defense has been a little bit better. But he's just... 
it's, it's just sucks because we've been the biggest Westbrook, West, Russell Westbrook haters, but he had a good stretch, which gave me hope, but he's just not there right now. And it, if he, if he, if you look at a guy like LeBron James too, though, when we talk about hard not moving, LeBron doesn't really do shit once he passes the ball too. He kind of stands in the corner or whatever. Because they're not doubling him. He's making crazy passes that lead to buckets. Like Harden's just – okay, at times obviously Harden's making an assist pass. Like he's led the league in assists before. But like a lot of times right now, like you said, when they're doubling him, it's just like the double to get it out of his hands and now they're playing downhill. Whereas Braun is just finding – critical kill passes where he's passing it to the guy who's getting a wide open look. And if you're James Harden, you can't accept the fact that they're taking you out of it. You know what I mean? Like, no. Like he said, if you pass the ball, you got to do something to get that ball. You're the, you're the best scorer in the world. You have he, to do he, something to get the ball. He has to hand. use that because you've given the, – the you are so good that the, the team is basically conceding and saying, all right, I'd rather play four on three than five one-on-one -on -one with you. I don't know. I, 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 cause I think the Lakers have the same issue. Like, I don't think, I don't feel comfortable with anyone scoring outside of Braun and, and AD and maybe fucking Rondo right now. But I, I just think that the Lakers are the better team, but I could easily see some regression come in where, where LeBron isn't hitting these threes as consistently. AD isn't making every single long mid range two, and Rondo isn't draining every damn three, too. Um, how do you? The scary, dude, the scary part too is is Anthony Davis only shot thirteen shots last game. Like he, I think really? He not, I think it was. I think it was nine for thirteen. Well, if I remember correctly. What was the and shot breakdown? Who? I don't think he took, dude, I think he did take a three. Let me look. Who else took shots? Braun and who? Who was second on the team in shots? Was it AD still? I don't know. I'm pulling it up right now, but I remember me and my friends were talking like. He took zero threes in that game. That was completely unlike him. Like, it was so weird to me. That's the second box over. It was Tuesday. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, nine for 13 from the field. Zero for zero from three. Didn't take a single three-point shot. Interesting. And and he Rondo did play the five. Caldwell Pope took eight. Danny Green played. Took five. They both. It was Braun taking 23 shots and pretty much spread out around. Like, yeah. Are you playing Showdown tonight? No, I, I, I've, I've given up on DK. I'm so It's so annoying. What? You were you were four, five points away from taking it down a couple of days ago. Now you're... I, uh, I, I mean, I, I doubled my... I'm only doing the $5 single entry and I making like 10 bucks but it's so frustrating because the dang ownerships are just a thousand percent it's just, yeah it's, frustrating. it's hard to get leverage on these slates you know especially to no i know my friend lauren i i just want one of us dude my friend lauren last night was four points away from first with harrison porter just like neither of them had bad games but if if harris or porter like either of them went like six seven eight times value he would have won he was four points up not even six seven yeah, I, had, I had a crazy lineup and then i paul jordan could be yeah, I just didn't have enough smart. Anyways, uh, I got, I still got. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go Lakers in seven. Yeah, I, I like Lakers in five. Five. Yeah. If not, I, I'll, I'll take the six if the Rockets and, do a game. Obviously. Okay, I, and which is fair. Like I, I get that. 
I can't see. I can't see this, this going seven. I can. I, I hope. I honestly hope too. That's another thing about the Heat. The Heat are chilling right now. Yeah, rest tough, ice up. I know, dude. Okay, we got five minutes before we have to take a quick break. Uh, so whatever we don't get to now, we can get to a little bit more. But I don't have a ton to talk about uh, with the Nuggets Clippers again. Probably the the series I'm least interested in. I picked. I believe initially, I think I might have said, I think it was Clippers in five. I might have said four, honestly. Um, I think for me, this is just, I, I like watching these because I'm very, I we've been waiting for a while for Clippers-Lakers, and we're most likely going to get it. Um, what are your, what are your biggest takeaways from, from Clippers Nuggets? Is this, this is essentially going how you thought it would? I'm just, I'm falling asleep watching these games. They're so boring to me. I, yeah. I was telling you, it, it, it looks like the, the Clippers' whole team is just asleep when they play. You got Kawhi Leonard, he, just, he, dude, just, he, he just he gets to whatever spot he wants, knockdown. He gets to whatever spot he wants, knockdown, no. foul, and one, knockdown. It's just like... He's really it, damn good, dude. Yeah, he's so good. I he, think, it's, it's unbelievable. I think something that gets underrated about him, too, is like a lot of guys now, you see, like even Giannis, right? Crazy regular season, postseason comes. He's still good in the postseason, but like Kawhi consistently, I don't think gets enough credit for every single year, no matter what's gone on in the regular season, no matter what's happened, he elevates his play in the postseason. And it's like every single year, he's significantly better in the playoffs, which is really, I think that's, uh, that's the main way you evaluate someone is how they play in the playoffs. Kawhi's a killer. And uh, I think that's, that's still why I picked the Clippers to win it all. I think it's them or the Lakers. And I still, think I probably lean Clippers just because I feel like they have more options. But like you said, dude, like they just sleepwalk. And and can we talk about your guy, Montrez? Again, I know it, you can't hold these. It's hard to hold these guys to the standards when they were off for four months and are just coming in. It's a weird situation. But Harold, you're seeing it when he's not elite at finishing at the rim. He's just in this weird no man's land on offense yeah, because they, because they know he can't shoot. So it's like, and and not a good defender either. exactly randomly block a shot to the fifteenth row, but like it's not exactly, and that's why I was like he, lower. He's people down. I, and I think he can come back, but I'd rather play Zoo. I just want to say before we move on to, to terrible Harold, but Kawhi has been his passing is just on a level You're I right. never thought it was on, and I think what we're seeing is the guys around him he trusts a lot more than when he was with Toronto. Uh, not necessarily the Raptors. I feel like he trusted those guys, but San Antonio. I feel, like he, I feel like he trusts a lot of these Clippers players a lot more. And you can just see, like, I was looking at his – he went 30, 11, 9 assists, 4 steals, 2 four blocks. 4 steals, 2 blocks, 70-something had, had, had one turnover, didn't miss a free throw, 50% for three. The guy is just uh, – yeah. Ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He doesn't, <laughs> talk, he doesn't talk after the game. He just he goes back to his hotel room. Dude, I he know. No Twitter, no Instagram. I'm sitting no. there looking at him like, does this dude even like playing basketball? Like, I, it's crazy, bro. He shows no emotion. And like, you know what? That's up to him. But it's just, I would be going crazy losing my mind if I was hooping like him, dude. And, dude we talk about how deep the Clippers are. Paul George played like garbage. Lou Will played like garbage. Yeah. Home shot a combined seven for 21 from the field. Had like 22 points combined. They didn't do – it was the 
Kawhi Leonard just going to town. Like, uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, Paul George has been horrible, and Kawhi Leonard just said, no problem, man. <laughs> Let me take the load. Yeah. All right, we, we got to take a quick break. But you know what? There's more to hear. There's more here to talk about than I thought. But quick break, and then we're going to close this out with the, the Clippers, and, and we'll probably throw some nuggets in there too. But uh, we'll be right back. We're back. We <laughs> we got a little off track, but we're, we're just going to talk about it. The Daniel House, for those of you that don't know, uh, Shams reported – I don't have the athletic, but uh, Daniel House was so horny. He invited in a female COVID tester. I don't know because I don't think they come to the rooms and test you. I think you have to go down and test. I think that's why – Yeah, that's why Aiden missed it. I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast, and he had some – I think it was Dave McMenamin or someone who's there, but as a part of the media, like you have to remind yourself and go get tested. So I think what probably happened is how saw this, this COVID tester. He's like, damn, she's kind of, she's kind of cute. Hit her up. And then she let, it says she left early in the morning. Um, And we were talking, these guys have to be horny. They've been there for three months, but at this point, like you're matching up against Braun. And the Lakers, like, you just can't. So just, like you said, just head to the shower. You'll be fine. But that that could have huge implications on the Rockets because I actually do like the Rockets a lot more if they have house. Just as another guy who can switch and defend well, and and he can shoot the three. And if you close too hard, he'll give you a little pump. And, and he's not, like, the smoothest finisher, but he'll find a way to put it in. I love him on defense. He's, I mean, he's so underrated. I just yeah. Like, just a straight-up player. Like, Former Warrior. Been, you know what I mean? Like, if he wasn't on the Rockets – no, dude, D'Antoni said this the other day. He's like, I love Daniel House. Like, I think he can be one of the better players in this league, like, which is kind of maybe going too far. But end of the day, like, 3D guys are going to be valuable in the way the league is, is shifting to. And that's another thing that I found was interesting, too, is that the Lakers, that was like the game before the game was like, are, are the Lakers going to just go small or are they going to just say, you know what, we, we're going to go JaVale and Dwight and you're not going to be able to handle us on the board they've gone small they've still been the better team but we're Dude, the rockets the rockets do such a good job on the glass it's it's crazy to me they, they just it's it's just strict it's strictly just what's the word like it's like basketball to its roots it's just boxing out and just positioning going for the ball to come down Dude. positioning and they do a good job they, defending to the post and defending in general like the 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 best defensive rating in the playoffs part of it has to be playing the Thunder, who play very slow, but that's just another it's reason P- why I like it's him. the PJ Tucker show, dude. Like he, he's doing an insane job on Anthony Davis. You like, can't Anthony Davis hate is knocking PJ down some Tucker. crazy mid range, but dude, PJ is just grinding down he's there. The man, he was play, He's played in what Israel? Played in eight different other leagues. He's here in the NBA, and he's such a difference maker. He's like six, what six? Yeah. Guarding one of the best, probably the best, the most talented offensive big man. I mean, you may be Embiid, but like Dady is is up there, um, and he's doing a great job. I I can't imagine how strong that man is. Like, I would love to see him and Adams just arm wrestle. Um, but okay, let's let's get back, and then I'll also say Shams just tweeted that Bledsoe is a, a trade candidate. So Sarge. Is, Sergeant was bringing it up about, you know, what do the Bucks do? It sounds like they're already looking to move Bledsoe. But, and I think you 
have to move butts after that. He was. But like, worried. like Sarge said, like the the value, the market's not exactly going to be piping hot for Eric Bledsoe. No, especially not after his performance Is he, in the playoffs. He never was an All Star, right? He had, he didn't know. Not a, no, I don't I don't think so. Dude, no, maybe in Phoenix. No, I was going to say not the West would be tough, but maybe did he? I, if anything, I thought it would have been last year or this year. I mean, he was on a 61 team. You know, never, yeah, he's ne- he was never an all-star. Just you just looked it up? Okay. His nickname, his nickname on basketball reference, Mini LeBron. I know. <laughs> so he's, no, he, 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 was, he was all defensive first team last year and second team this year. But like like you said, a lot of that, you don't want to take it all the credit away from him, but a lot of that is box. Um Okay, let's get back to Clippers Nuggets. A little side note. Um, yeah, we were starting to move to Harrell. I, I think it's going to be interesting, not necessarily even so much for this series, but when we get to the Lakers, I, I'm curious to see what the five is that the Clippers close with. Because I think you can lock in George, you can lock in Kawhi, you can lock in Beverly, and then you can lock in probably Morris. Who's that fifth guy? Are they going to go big? Are the Lakers going to close with AD at the five? If they close with AD at the five, Zoo's probably not in there. They, but I don't know if they can go Harrell. That that's the one thing the Clippers don't have on defense is a big man that can defend. Like, Zubac is, he'll block a shot. Zoo is good in the paint, but that's about it, you know? like He's just, he's tough down there. He'll, like, he'll grind with people, but I don't necessarily, like, Look at him as like a good post defender, right? Here, I think I th- I thought you were on the pod when I did this. It might have been Tyler. This this just kind of illustrates my point. Zoo third in uh, percentage at the rim when he's defending, but outside of the rim, he just he kind of gets caught out of position a lot. He's not. He just definitely can't move with AD. But at the rim, that's their saving grace because they don't really have anyone else at the rim. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you get him moving around, but that—that's that, why I think it'll be tough to close with him. Although I do think he's effective in, in the right situation. I've actually loved Jermichael Green minutes because he can shoot, and it's not just that he can shoot; it's been consistent. And he's not—he's not a great defender, but he's not awful. He's just a solid guy, and I—I I think the problem with Lou Williams is yes, he's going to give you a lot offensively, but you already have, and I know, you know, you can shit on Paul George, but it's still, he's, I will take Paul George on offense over Lou Williams right now. Um, and you still have Kawhi. So like you're having a guy in there whose main reason is offense, but he's still going to be the third best guy on offense. And then he's giving a lot back on defense. So I, I just, I think if Lou Williams is out on the floor in crunch time for, it's going to really help the Lakers. Um, who are you closing? <laughs> Caldwell Pope. Yeah. Contavious isn't in the pick and roll. He just kind of in the corner. He'll make cuts and stuff, but you can kind of play lazy defense on a guy like him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you can hide him for sure. You can you can hide Lou Williams with on KCP, um, but KCP won't close for the Lakers, so that's actually an interesting. Yeah, and he should. I think he should. He's been he. Okay, he's not an amazing three-point shooter, but you have to respect it. And he's a, a solid perimeter defender, and Braun trusts him. So, um, okay, Lou Williams, this these playoffs. Um, I, again, a lot of his minutes probably are overlapping. Um, no, okay, yeah. 
The opponents, when Lou Williams on the court in the playoffs, opponents 115 points per 100 possessions. Lou Williams off the court, uh, opponents 200 or 103 points per 100 possessions. So 11 points worse when he's on the court. 274 uh, minutes on the court in the playoffs with Lou Williams, 211 with him off. So it's it's not a small sample size. 11, giving up 11.1 more points when he is on the court. Uh, that gives me concern for the Lakers, against the Lakers. But I, I do, who you got? You still got the Lakers, right? I, dude, I, don't, I literally think it's a coin flip. I, I don't know who to choose now. Because for me, what is it? Yeah, what does it come down to? It's hard to know how much of it matters, yeah. Because Paul George put playing like garbage. Like, if he steps, like, what if Paul George shows up in the Lakers series? Like, what do they look like then? What if Lou Williams starts knocking down his shots? What do they look like? Like, but okay, Paul George, Paul George has picked it up, right? He's been okay. I mean, he's been okay. Let me. Last game, last game, he was in foul trouble. No, I know this last game was not good, but I, I felt like. I, if I, my memory's right, he's been solid other than that against the Nuggets. Um, I, I think I, I go Clippers, but just again, because one, because I am just in awe of the way Kawhi Leonard's playing, but two, uh, I, I don't know. I can, I, as soon as I said that, I could see the Lakers winning, but two, I, I just feel like there's, there's more there. And I feel like that's not a hot take. Like people understand that. The Lakers don't have as much depth, but they have the probably the higher star po- star power. Um, but I, I just even against this Rockets team, man, I just I just see a Lakers team that is just so reliant on on Braun and AD, and it's like okay, if if Braun and AD have great games, the Lakers are going to win. But how? Likely is it that every single game they're going to both of us? I literally think they both need to have great games. Like, I don't think they can get away with just Braun having a great game and AD not playing. And I know AD only took 13 shots last game, but, but especially against the Braun Clippers. In the finals, man. Like, you look at Braun in the finals, he puts up 30, 15, 11 every game and does it consistently, shooting anywhere between 40 and 60% from the field every time. That's and another that's question. Does. That's another thing which I might sound foolish even asking this, but to me, Braun is still dominated and Braun is Braun. But does he look like the same Braun we've seen in other years? Like where he's just, I, I, I don't want to say okay, he's lost a step because that sounds ridiculous. I'm not, Braun is still LeBron, um, and at very worst is the a top two player right now. I just he doesn't look like he can score just quite as easily. And I think it's going to be even tougher against the Clippers. I, I just don't see this Braun where I did in Cleveland, where it's like, you know he's a lock for 35, 12, and 13 on very, very efficient shooting. I don't know if he's a lock for that anymore, especially against a team like the Clippers, who is probably as well-clipped as anyone to guard him. I think, I think he's pretty much locked in for that. I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be I, I just think it's just eye test for me. He doesn't look. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like when I'm watching Braun play, like he just he 
it doesn't look like he's really lost a step to me. I mean, especially on deep, like this dude is recovering on dudes and blocking shots four times in a row that last game. Like that was just, yeah. he looks fresh. I, I don't have any reason to not, he's shooting the ball well. The only thing for me is the Lakers need to be good in that in transition. That's how they have to score. That, that's how they scored all year. A lot of points. Like, the Lakers have to score in transition to be good. If, if the Clippers turn it into a half-court game, which I think they they will, just because they don't turn the ball over a whole lot, I think the Lakers are kind of going to be in, in a bit of trouble just because their half-court offense isn't great. Um, it's slow. And, it's Braun and AD, please do something. That's their half-court offense. 100%. And, and, and the Clippers are a lot better in the half-court, in my opinion. So I think that series would definitely come down to the transition game, which I think the Lakers have a huge advantage. Uh, but half-court, I'd give it to the Clippers. If I had to choose a team, I think I'd go Clippers in seven, barely. But I, obviously, I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah, so. I think that's what I'm going to do. Clippers in seven. As for the Nuggets series, I think they close it out in five. Who knows, because they sleepwalk. But again, if they do end up losing, it'll be most likely because the Clippers just didn't come locked in. But they'll take care of business. We're lo- It's looking like Clippers-Lakers We'll find out who the Heat face tomorrow. That's another thing. Are the Heat is are the Heat just gonna wait till that like is the NBA gonna make the Heat and the winner of Celtics Raps play on Sunday? Yes, for sure. Okay, awesome. They already they already said they're gonna try to get the games out, out of the way ASAP in the bubble. So every team will get a rest one one day rest after they close out the series, and then they'll play the team that's waiting for them. The day after their one-day rest. I love that. Sunday Sunday is one of the most loaded days of all time because I'm a soccer guy too. So we got Premier League in the morning. We got NFL, and then we got NBA. And that's not even taking into account playoff hockey and MLB, which I taking a backseat for me. Although, dude, I got to play DraftKings, so I'm going to be on MLB and we, football. We should, we should talk just a little bit about, about the Nuggets before we yeah, before we, we should. it out. Because I... I I love watching them play. I love Joker, dude. He's just one of my favorite players to watch in the league. He's the weirdest guy ever. The most hilarious guy ever. I love Nikola Jokic. <laughs> he just low. He he just knows basketball. Like but the thing too is, you saw like Jamal Murray has been going off in that, or he went off in that Utah series. But the Clippers are just a different animal. Like you see it. Like Jamal Murray just can't yeah. do what he did. Like we talked about it. Get to his spots, like. We talked about it. like it's not normal to do that. You had to look and think part of that was the jazz. You go but I mean that's probably the biggest difference. You go from the jazz, which you know, they've been known for a while as a defensive team. They're not that anymore. It's Rudy and and the rest of the team is not great defenders. But you go from that to the Clippers who have the two best wing defenders. Um, they and then Beverly, they've made life tough on Jamal. I still love Jamal and I love Jokic. I love MPJ's offensive talent. Um, it's just a raw team. It's funny to think of the Nuggets as a raw team, but they have so much talent. Uh, they just got to put it together. But I, I think they do have to be very, very encouraged because I think that was you've been higher. I'll give you credit. You've been higher on Jamal, I think, than the average person. Um, but I think that was huge, huge for the Nuggets just to see, even against the Jazz, that that what Jamal is capable of and say, okay, just take a deep breath. Like, we, we signed him that huge contract. You know, we've seen it. 
they've got to feel good that they have Yoke and Jamal and MPJ, honestly, as corner pieces, but they got to find got more guys like Gary Harris. Um, and, and honestly, maybe, I don't know, they got to find a power forward that defends the hell out of the ball too because having Jamal and MPJ, I think Jamal and MPJ can improve, and, and honestly, Jokic too can improve on defense, but that is something concerning. It's only up from here for the Nuggets because they're just running weird. They're running two power forwards in their line. They're running Millsap and Jerry, Jeremy Grant. It's just they're trying weird. to find enough defense to help it's, it's patch a, up. Yeah, it's just a weird. Every time they're on the floor together, it's so awkward to me. I don't get it. But I mean, MPJ is eventually going to be the starter. He'll probably start next year, and you'll see probably Millsap kind of fade away in his career. But Dude, Millsap and uh, who was the other guy we talked about? And Marcus Soule. They died over COVID. Oh, man. They were bad. They were two all-stars. Two all-star, former all-stars who just kind of – instead, a lot of guys came back from COVID better. They just they, – you basically have confirmation now with both of them that they're done. Let me, let me ask you this question again because this is a question I asked you – kind of mid-season, but one guy, <clears throat> these guys are always kind of brought up together because they're the same age, but Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis, and De'Aaron Fox. Who are you taking? Um, I'm going... I, I said Jamal Murray before just because I saw that he was, as far as scoring-wise, on a whole other level than yeah. those guys, and that's why I took I him. mean, it's it's hard not to take Jamal after what, what we've seen, but I think honestly, I, I'm a bigger Fox guy than most. I think I think I go Fox, Jamal, Shea, which I think – but I, I think the difference between Fox and Jamal is is very small, and I think I, I think it's very fair to say Jamal has been better now after that. But Jamal still, career 34% three-point shooter. It's not like he's you know been amazing to this point, but I, I, I get why people would take him, and I, I would go slightly behind De'Aaron for me. Okay. And, and just for me, I, I don't trust – You don't trust the his, shot of Fox. His play, yeah, I don't trust the, like the the off the dribble shot of Fox. Like, yeah, I, just, I don't trust it yet. Where Jamal Murray is obviously elite. Exactly, we've seen it. Exactly, but I think, like I said, with with Jamal, I think it'd be easier for me if Jamal is shooting like 37, 38 his career. And two, I've at least seen Fox, and he's still what twenty one. Like it'd be one thing if it was like Ben Simmons, like. Doesn't take it, but like De'Aaron has taken and making off the dribble threes. It's not just wide open, and uh, uh, he's not you know elite there yet, or even above average. But I've seen it. Like I know that's something he's going to work on, and I I just love that. I think he's a better passer than Jamal, and I just love that that speed and ability to get to the rim. Like yeah. it looks so easy with De'Aaron getting to the rim. I think he has a big as, year next year. As far as the Nuggets go, like if you had to choose. Because I think they're kind of still one piece off. Obviously, Michael Porter Jr. is developing a little bit, but if you, if you could choose one player realistically to put on that Nuggets roster to really take him over the top, who, who do you think would be that guy? I uh, okay. I don't know. If you give me a longer time, I'd probably come up with someone different. But I, I just had the idea of Drew Holiday, and I think he would just. I love that. I, I would love Drew Holiday there. I, I I know that Gary would probably have to take a step back, but I think he won would have helped Jamal Dude, a they could, ton. They could, still, they could still start. They could go Jamal, Gary, Gary 
Gary Harris, three. Drew Holiday in the starting lineup. Yeah, MPJ at the four. MPJ at the four and Jokic at the five and have Jeremy be their six, or Jeremy be their six man. That's a great lineup. I love that. It's a very good lineup. And I think this, someone, people might call me crazy because, you know, I was, my first ever video on Malaga Drive Hoops was at Michael Porter Jr. I still think, I think the, okay, the, the makeup of the Nuggets right now, you know, Jamal and Nikola Jokic just have, and, and for good reason, more equity with that team than MPJ. I would be very interested to see what MPJ's trade value is. And even with like the Pelicans, because that defense with him, like I just don't, I, I, I struggle to see any scenario in which Michael Porter Jr. is a good defender. Honestly, even, even with his tools, like you just watch him and he just, it's like, it's not even like, it's just a lot of, it's just dumb. Like I, 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 it's dumb, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at his body, he's 6'10", athletic, long. Yeah. You should be able to be a good defender, but it's the mindset. It's just the attitude. He just he doesn't have it. Exactly, and you're not going to take him, even for how crazy good he is offensively, you're not going to take him over Murray and Yoke. I just wonder if there's a guy out there who is a little bit more defensive-minded, um, or maybe you can acquire like a little bit more. I I don't know. I would be interested to see what out, what's out there for Michael Porter Jr. Just because I know him and Yoke. If him and Yoke are your starting front court, damn, that's a crazy offensive. And and I don't think you could think of a better pairing just in terms of the offensive side. But I also think that it, it's interesting. I don't know. It'd be tough to win a championship with those two guys. And then and you, you throw Jamal. Jamal in. Murray, like, oh man, that's a horrible. You know? Yeah. Well and it, below it's like, not, and they're all young, but it's not like Yoke is gonna Yoke or Murray or are gonna become these elite defenders eventually. Like, no, I just wonder. I'm not saying trade him for pennies or trade him for even okay value. Like, only trade him if you're getting something good. But I would be interested to see what's out there, and I would. I, I I'm higher on Drew than most, but I would entertain an MPJ Drew trade. Wow, that would put the Pelicans in. Craziest young talent we've ever seen. Dude, I wonder who that's another I thing. I don't think that could work, dude, with Brandon Ingram. No, like, I, I don't either. I don't either. But I, I wonder, you know what's an interesting story is is Billy Donovan turned down that extension. When the when the when the story came out that the Thunder and him wouldn't be working together next year, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like with Dwayne Casey at least. Like, they knew they had Nick Nurse. They were grooming Nick Nurse. He was a G League champion. The Thunder didn't have anyone like that. So, I was like, that's so weird. And it came out today. They offered him an extension. He said no earlier in the year. I wonder, does is he just done coaching? Or does he have an eye on a certain job in New Orleans? He, he for sure has an eye on, a certain, uh, on another job. I don't know if it's New Orleans, but he's too good of a coach. I mean, you look at what he just he did. He killed with the Thunder. it. He made the... He made the playoffs every single year and then he just got and he had to deal with russ russ like he he, this year more than anything i think i uh, solidified it for me man like that's an nba coach he's a great coach and he's he's a great coach and he's a not necessarily a good like developmental coach but i feel like He's good with those young guys, like the Shays and the yeah. Lou Dorts and it's, those kind of guys. Like he's big on giving them opportunity and like giving them the tools for success. And if you put him in that Pelicans 
system i yeah i, I really like I, it i i because like that's a great point i think a lot of us a lot of the times you know we we watch these games and it, it just kind of fails to slip our minds that you know it, it's hard you have to balance and this is something the knicks have done terribly but you have to balance winning games and playing your best players but also understanding that your your young guys who are not as good as your best players need time to in order to get there so it's this weird balancing act, but he did a perfect job of that this year in the Thunder with with developing his young guys, but also making sure it was not coming at the, the cost of W's. And, That's uh, the crazy thing with the Knicks, too, is the time is there with all those guys. It's just the But they don't play him. <laughs> Instead, they played Marcus Morris 40 minutes. Uh, and and <laughs> Alfred Payton and Julius Randle. Like, it's not a hard concept. Like, young players, if you get them, they don't – Unless you're Zion Williamson, you're not just good right away. Like, you need to learn how to play in the NBA. You're an 18-year-old playing with grown men who play basketball professionally. Like, And you and you groom them into the system, too. You have them learn the yeah. system and, 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 and find their spots within that system. And if you look at the Knicks, what is the system? There's no system. Look at And look at every star. Every star, like you said, got groomed in the system. Like, even every non-star. Look at Jamal Murray. Every year they played him a little bit more. Jokic, every year they played him a little bit more. Like, it's not Kawhi a Leonard, hard Kawhi concept. Leonard, dude. He, he's, yeah. Kawhi Leonard was the prototypical Spurs player. Yeah. James Harden. He's taking, it, he's taking it everywhere everywhere he's gone. James Harden, prototypical Steph Curry. player. Like, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you have – it's like a company. You're a company. You have to, like, dev, take pride in developing your guys and not just be like, all right, well, he he's just not good. Like, we can't play him. Like, it just doesn't work like that. I, I hope R.J. Barrett and Knox and Dennis Smith work out, but chances are. I was I was looking at this, this Twitter thread, and it was <clears throat> a bunch of people were arguing on who would you rather take for the next 10 years, Tyler Hero or R.J. Barrett. I'm taking Hero. And I am too, but if you ask me that before the season, it's like – You would have left. That's not even that's, – and I don't even hate RJ Barrett. I just think one has shown one is in a much better, like five five to ten times better situation, which plays a factor whether or not you believe that or not. It plays a factor in, in the overall outcome. And what I mean, I just that I, I'm not going to doubt that work that Tyler. It's just it's so important where these young guys go to. People don't even realize that you know you, you just look at their raw talent. You say okay, they're getting taken by this team. It doesn't matter. He's going to be good. He's got the tools. But it's just – it's so important for to look at where these guys go, who's coaching, what the system is, what the opportunity for success is, who's around them, what's the leadership. And that's there's – so, There's so much more that goes into it than people see on the surface. Exactly. And I, I love that. I love that you brought that up because it, it's – there is – so much of it is that is situation. Like it's 18-year-old kids playing – Honestly, like the, to be effective on the court in this league, you have to be so, 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 so good at basketball. Like you really have to be so, so good at basketball. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I like that though. I'm taking Tyler Hero though. I, I wonder what his ceiling is. I wonder if it can be like a, honestly, like a Devin Booker level. Like maybe, and, that's, and that's the comp that everyone has. And I see. I mean, realistically, I see it. Like, yeah, smaller. But I think, but he's also eight oh, nineteen. Tyler Hero's like six five, dude. I think they're like the same height. No way, dude. Is he six? 
pretty sure Kyle Hero is 6'5". Yeah, he's 6'5". Six, 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 yeah, I think him and Devin Booker are the same. And it's just, it's like, I hate to say this, but just, like, as far as, like, looking at a play, like, when you, like, look at Tyler Harris, this white dude from Wisconsin. Like, it's just hard to imagine him being an all-star in the, in the NBA. But, like, if you look at his tools and everything else, it's just, in a couple of years, I can really, see, I, I could see it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Anything you want to touch before we uh, we head out? No, that was. I think we had a great time. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, solid hour and a half. We've covered every single series. We, I I mean, I don't know when we'll be back because these series. I I'm hoping Rockets Lakers go seven, but you never know. But Sarge will be back. Uh, I hope everyone's fantasy drafts are going well. Sarge, enjoy your time in the desert. You know you're always welcome here, and I appreciate you joining, bro. Peace. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back uh, next week. Everyone stay safe. Hope uh, hope everyone's house is not on fire, and uh, we'll be back soon.